everyone. Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Urban, and our guest today is Julia Bartlett. You know her from Fembot PhD, of course. Woo! Uh, plus, Scene Kids at the Pack Theater, as well as Money Pit at the Ruby. Uh, Julia is an amazing writer and performer and improviser, and we are so lucky to have her slash you on the show today. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I am stoked to have you on. You are our very first Peace Corps volunteer guest. Uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I just realized I don't know any other comedians other than your husband, like any other people who do comedy. I don't know if your husband calls himself a comedian or not. I don't know if he calls himself that either. <laughs> Okay, we're not here to talk about we're not here to talk about him though. We're here to talk about you. Uh, sorry, he's, immediately he's very funny and very handsome, but he doesn't call himself a comedian. <laughs> Did you guys meet doing comedy though? No, we met in the Peace Corps. Yes, yes. Ah, yeah, I feel like okay. I probably should have said that. <laughs> like, other than your husband. Who has done the Peace Corps? Uh, were you both funny in the Peace Corps? <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, do you want me to Peace Corps? I mean, no, no, no. We... <laughs> Actually, good point. Yeah, we should probably take it from the top, right? Yeah. <laughs> it starts before the Peace Corps. Those were the dark days of comedy. <laughs> Yeah, where did you grow up? I grew up in a small coal mining town in rural Colorado. It was very small, like 2,000 people. Oh, wow. Yes, but a great place for being a big fish in a small pond, if you will. Mm. Um, so I, my parents were both were like both performers when they met. They were met in the production of Carmen and uh, my mom was in the chorus and my dad was in the percussion section in like Aspen Theater Company or something. So that's how they met. But then they moved to this super small town, but it had like, it did have a theater scene there. And mm. so my, they were like interested in getting me involved in these things. Were they still active in the theater scene there in the small town? Did they still perform? They still, yes. They were both in bands my in my like entire childhood. Oh, oh! I don't Ooh. think I knew that. That's cool. What kind of bands? I don't like my mom's like folk music maybe, and then my dad's more like I don't know rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Something with a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> that encompasses a lot of things, Julia. <laughs> yes. Uh, guitar is a very popular instrument. Very popular instrument. <laughs> Little known facts. <laughs> and then you have brothers and sisters, right? I have a, two brothers and two stepsisters. Where are you in the pecking order? I am second. Yes. And where and where, and where are you in the comedy pecking order in your family? Okay, well, my older brother is also very funny, but he 
is, um, I would say he's like a royal rooster. I don't know. I think he he probably made me kind of funny because he was always roasting me. So I learned mm. a lot of my roasting skills from him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're pretty, uh, you're pretty roasty. Yeah. But I would say he, he's more likely to take it too far. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're like a gentle roast, like a turkey yeah. roast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like a full pot roast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's I wonder if that's like a like if roasters like people who do roasting for a living I don't know are there people who do roasting I mean there are there's like yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, what's for the sure. guy who hosts all the roasts no like Jeff Ross Jeff Ross yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Jeff Ross is a professional roast host yes yeah. yes, 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 yes 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 good example but we're not uh, here to talk about Jeff Ross so julia did your whole family do theater uh no 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 no. it was just uh my my parents were really more in the music scene at that time and then uh no my brother was not interested in theater but i was always like the kid that was like when i grow up i want to be an actress and um my first role was probably like in uh, Dimly Elementary School. I want to say second grade. I was Thor the Thunder God. And I, at the time, I just really couldn't appreciate how ridiculous that um, was for such a small child. <laughs> uh, but I was like, wow, no one else wants to be the lead in this play. I guess I'll do it. Yeah. That's amazing. You played Thor. Yes. You were gender bending roles <laughs> as a child. Yes. <laughs> Met yes. for it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a skill that you have to learn early for comedy, right? Mm. I don't know. I, I just pulled that out of my ass. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> So what, did you get a taste then? Was that it? Or were you like, ah, I've tasted the stage. Now I can never turn away. Now I can never turn away. Yes, uh, I would say so. And then it was just, you know, the standard. There were other productions. Um, and then I was in middle school too, elementary school, middle school. Uh, always would be gunning for the lead. And in high school, when I was a freshman, I didn't get the lead my freshman year. And uh, even though this was a, a school of like 200 people, you know, it was still really important to me. And my mom went in to talk to the like uh, theater director, who was also like the English teacher. He's like, oh, well, this is very important to Julia, so. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh. Were you embarrassed? Uh, no, because what the teacher was said basically was like, well, now that we've seen her in her role as cheerleader number three, we see her potential. And next year, she'll be shot straight to the top. And you better believe I was. <laughs> is, is this around the same time you discovered that you wanted to do comedy? Or when did you realize you 
wanted to pursue being funny for a living? Um, I would say that didn't happen until I moved to LA. Um, I think it was like in college, I was taking acting classes, but college for me was very a very humiliating time. Um, ah. I, I went to uh, Dartmouth, which is a very prestigious institution. And um, I just had a hard time because I was from the small town and I just was not smart enough. <laughs> It's uh, was it that you weren't smart enough, or were you like dealing with shock of being in this new environment? Uh, who's to say? Who's to say? But it certainly, well, I was just like struggling with everything. Mm -hmm. So it's, eh, I mean, I would only say that I'm like, like, uh, average smarts and like a hard worker. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, just, I relate to that very much. Yeah. 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 Ditto. <laughs> so it wasn't like, yeah. So like anything I did there um, was a struggle, including acting. I enjoyed the, the classes there. Um, but what I found out about like serious acting is I don't like feeling negative emotions oh <laughs> big part of serious acting yes. yeah you kind of have to force it yeah so they're like you know it's like oh think about this traumatic life event and i'm like hmm this isn't fun for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what did so what did that mean were you like what did you were you consciously aware of that at the time that that's where you were at? Well, I think I also just my ambitions changed and I was like, oh, I have to set aside my childish dreams. And so I became a women in gender studies major. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just set my sights elsewhere. Hmm. So you went in as a theater major and you switched to gender studies? I would say I went in as a government major and a theater minor and then switched to women in gender studies. Hmm. Ah. Uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I, I minored at one point in women's studies as well. Oh, and, wow. And film. And uh, eventually I landed on philosophy, religion, and popular culture, which had three different things in the title. <laughs> <laughs> many, uh, many minors. Uh, uh, so did you, did you love women's studies and gender? Uh, yeah, I did. And that's why, that's why I did it. I, I, that, yeah, it was the only like class that I was like, thriving in uh and then when does the peace corps come in i just had one professor that was like oh julia you'd be great for the peace corps and i was like that's all the encouragement i need <laughs> <laughs> so i uh joined the peace corps right after college <laughs> seriously that's amazing yeah uh 
it was a it was a wild time and um it was very lonely at first and um you were in turkmenistan oh yes important detail uh i was in turkmenistan and i was an english teacher how um difficult was that on a scale of one to (laughs) ten i would say it was pretty hard but on a different in a different way because it was mostly just lonely and you couldn't speak the language like learned it but you know best case scenario you're like at a the language level of a two-year-old you know so Mm -hmm. i did make a lot of great friends (laughs) and uh i did a lot of writing there like writing letters writing home writing other volunteers you said you have a lot, you made a lot of great friends. Other people in the Peace Corps or like people uh, who live there? like Both. So, oh man. So I mo- moved into this house where it was a family. I guess there were like five women. They were all sisters living there. But it was uh, seven daughters. This man had seven daughters. And so I was like, woo, this is like living in a sorority. (laughs) Woo. And uh, they were all ages. And I became really close with one of my host sisters. And we were in similar age. And uh, she was the only one who got my jokes, I would say. I will say. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't she? She's seen one of our shows right no that was that was one of my students who saw our show oh that's what it was yeah yeah there was somebody from turkmenistan i remember that you were like oh my gosh the world's colliding (laughs) yes yes he did come to a fembot show and he was like um there was probably some cultural references I didn't get, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably some innuendo that I didn't get. Uh, but he enjoyed it. Okay. Overall. What do you? Is it uh, people from Turkmenistan are Turkmeni? Turkmen, yes. and they speak Turkmen, right? Yes. Yes. Or Turkmenistan. Mm-hmm. Turkmen. Most of them know like five languages, though. So, but yes, yeah. that is the national language. <laughs> yes, L- like so many countries. Yes, you know, so many languages, and here we are, like learn English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Isn't that crazy. We're like, I know one exactly one uh, one yeah. language, and I've uh, browsed a couple of other languages. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> browsed. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> So then you uh, you met uh, Matt, your who is now your husband uh, in Peace Corps, right? Yeah, he showed up uh, my second year in the neighboring village, and gotcha. we we hit it off immediately. So we did get engaged there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got engaged in Paris. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then then we left the Peace Corps. I was there for three whole years. Damn. 
Yeah, it's a That's long time, huh? Almost, almost a whole college life. Yeah, it's really yeah. some prime youth years spent there. But it was a good time. No, no regrets. No regrets. That's so cool. So when the two of you you moved back to the states together as a couple, wow, where was he from? And then how did you guys decide on where to live? He's from New Jersey, so obviously we ended up living in New York first because that's where everyone from New Jersey goes, I guess, in the beginning. (laughs) And even then, I was still not really pursuing comedy. I mean, I wasn't at all. I was still just like, I'm going to get a job in a nonprofit. Um, But I didn't because it was like just... We were still recovering from the 2008 financial crisis. Ah. It was very hard to find any job. Ah. And you're in New York. Yeah, just trying to find any job. <laughs> so what what jobs did, were you did were you like working at like as a barista? I got a job at the Big Apple Circus, which is a great classical circus, very charming, uh, one ring circus. And I was like a like a receptionist was my first job there. Later promoted to executive assistant. Oh. And <laughs> I, I, we were there for like three years. And then I was like, oh, well, I better change things up. So I was like, I'm going to go get my master's in social work. But we were like, maybe we should leave New York. And in the back of my head, that's when I started scheming. (sighs) Scheming away. I was like, man, maybe we should move to L.A. and just see what happens. (laughs) Oh, so while you were like considering getting a master's in social work, you were like back, like back your mind. You were like, okay, but I kind of want to like see how performing works out. Like, I want to give that a shot. Yes, exactly. And so I did have all these schools picked out out here, and basically told everyone that's what I was going to do. Um, I mean, not Matt. I told my husband the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! (laughs) Uh, But I don't know. I feel like it's always kind of like, well, maybe not for everyone, but for some people, it's kind of like a hard thing to admit because it's a very, it's a very ambitious. It feels very ambitious to move to LA and pursue show business. And so I got here and. Matt had one friend here, and he was doing improv at the Nerdist School that was an up-and-coming improv theater in L.A., and he would invite us to our shows, and I was so diligent about attending those shows. I was like, oh, we have to be good friends and go to his shows, not knowing that, like, going to shows were... There were like a million shows to go to. Oh, we have to get to a show. (laughs) There may never be an, who knows when he'll perform again. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, He performed a lot after that. I will tell you. (laughs) There were were many shows to go to. (laughs) 
I remember when all my non-comedy friends realized that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they like finally realized I was going to keep inviting them to stuff and they they you know were like, oh, "Okay, maybe I'll sit this one out." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and then but I came here and I was like, you know, in that those early stages when you're just like really networking a lot and someone told me that this guy worked as is a, as a manager and he's like okay this is what you got to do you want to be a writer because then you'll sound you'll come across as an intellectual i was like okay okay and then he's also like you should take a class at a comedy theater because then you'll meet people and you'll like come up together and start making things together i was like okay and so I did those things exactly as he advised. And the rest is history. Well, what is that history? Like, <laughs> that now, all right, we've gotten into the part where you weren't a comedian. And then all of a sudden, oh, now you're this comedian. Now you're doing comedy. Um, yeah, well, you know, I just start, I took started taking classes at the Nerda School. And I started with improv, as so many of us. Yes, as we do, as we do. As we do. That was, yeah, those those were the days. <laughs> and it was fun. She says with absolutely no longing in her voice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> improv, I wouldn't say I had an immediate connection to improv and still don't. And I was never really good at it. But sketch comedy was a different story. I took it. I took like one class and I was like, ugh. This is for me. Oh, it is for you. So I feel like you're you're such a natural for it. You've got such a like a great sketch comedy voice. So you got you took a sketch class. Like, what was it about it that excited you? You know, j- just that my sketches were funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I guess I'm one of those people that if I'm not like immediately good at it, I'm like, oh well, I I gave that a try. <laughs> And sketch just really uh, uh, worked out for me, I would say. Yeah. Do you think even if maybe you hadn't been initially like super successful with it, you might have kept going? Or that is a good question. Or what if I moved on to stand up? Uh, well, I don't want to tell anyone to like give up if they love something, even if they're not immediately good at it. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's good advice. I, what? I was going to say there's, (laughs) I think there's definitely something to be said for like when you're, when you are just like good at something, follow that. Like it doesn't have to be hard or toil for it to be important or. Right, right. And one thing I immediately loved about L.A., is that so many people are trying and I was like why shouldn't I try everyone else is doing it (laughs) so I'm just gonna do it too everyone else is trying to be a comedian and so that's the approach I took and I'm still trying to this day (laughs) nice when you decided to try did you did you see kind of instant results that helped validate or have you have you had to deal with any like struggles at any time while doing comedy um, that's made you like question uh, if it's the right path for you? Oh, 
Yes. Like, do you ever do you ever question it? Of like, this is if this if this is where you should be. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but it's always, I guess, it's always like, will I be able to motivate myself to write again? That's the only. That's it's only my own like drive that slows me down, really, <laughs> right? Because as a writer, that's like there's so much self motivation involved. Mm-hmm. So, when you say, "Will you be able to write again?" Like, what's the last kind of? When's the last time when you were like actively writing? Was it like pre quarantine or? I'm. I mean, I'm actively writing right now. Um, uh, Nikki and I are writing together. Um, yes, uh, with oh, Kate. Yes, I did know that. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. With, with, with Kate you. may have mentioned it. Uh, we are working on a feature film script and it's very funny yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah if I if it wasn't on this little team ooh, would I would I be able to pick up the pen as they say I don't know you know you gotta have deadlines and if you have to say yeah. deadlines it can be very hard yeah do you find that you then by default, uh, find create opportunities for yourself where other people are going to give you those deadlines and you have to follow? I would say so. I have taken quite a few pilot writing classes. I'm <laughs> like four. But it's really hard to get things done without deadlines. So does that mean you've written four pilots? Uh, I think think so or maybe three pilots and a couple of specs i don't i can't so now you've done those what are you what are you doing with them i am rewriting them all the time <laughs> and getting <laughs> notes okay good uh, i wish I, I wish i was doing more but you know it's really i would say it's pretty hard um to know what to do with a pilot after you've written it so Anyway, if anyone wants to throw any tips my way, go for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kate, I don't, I, I don't know about you've written pilots, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I submit. I have one pilot that I actively started submitting to like screenwriting competitions last year. I got to a semifinal round on one of them, and like got, you know, but like. So every time I do this, I'm like, yeah, please send me notes. Like, I pay the extra fucking money to get, like, detailed notes from a judge on my pilots. And it's it, – it kills me. I had to stop, like, asking for the extra notes just because, like, the notes will never stop coming. You know what I mean? Like, no, nobody's ever going to be like, this was great. No notes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. They can you know always, what I mean? They'll just never stop coming. They can always muster up some more notes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, I have submitted to some of those competitions. And I will say sometimes you – do feel kind of like a chump submitting to them because they cost money. You pay. Yeah, there's certainly things you can do with your pilots. And I think a lot of it is uh, it's not necessarily that easy to write a pilot, right? So mm -mm, it's no. all just 
practice and also making getting better at the skill yes yeah learning learning I really do love your writing Julia it's so funny and what's I think what's really special is it's it's funny on paper and funny on stage uh like funny when you actually put it up the way you talk and the way your characters and also you're the best uh you write the best weed sketches for somebody who's never smoked weed yes 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 yes, yes. You're, um, you're my you're my favorite at that <laughs> well i think that also has something to do you know i want to say it's because i'm from colorado but you really do mm. you know you can grow up in a culture <laughs> and i was influenced by the uh colorado weed culture i would say Right on, right on. What are some of your other comedy influences? Did you like comedy while growing up? Yes, I absolutely did. Ooh, my influences, my influences. You know, A Tale as Old as Time. The <laughs> Simpsons, it's, you know, really starts with The Simpsons and then, uh, and then staying up late at sleepovers and watching SNL. And because uh, we didn't have a TV, so it would have to be at someone else's house. And then. Oh, you guys, wait, you didn't have a TV at your house? You just like dropped that in there so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought uh, that was implied. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we didn't have it. We did. Well, we were like one of those families that had a TV, but only a VHS player. Ah, so uh, gotcha. I, I did watch Lion King like a hundred times on that VHS player. Hell yeah. <laughs> so how did you kind of find comedy the first time when you were younger? Like how did you, was it just through friends that you found the Simpsons and SNL and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say I was, I think I, listen, we're all friends here. <laughs> and I just feel like, you know at a pretty young age when you're like a funny person because <laughs> yeah people are laughing at your jokes even at a young age and you're like eh, excellent so you know yeah those were just were your jokes coming from your brain or were you sort of reciting you know like some people kids when they're like young they'll like recite the jokes that they see on TV or see that the, uh, the adults say, were your joke, like, were people laughing just naturally at you or were you repeating those like parroting jokes of older people? I would say we, uh, my friends and I were coming up with fresh material. And But it wasn't like, and I, I say that because adults found us annoying. Like, they're like, uh, oh, stop talking in that voice. It's so annoying. And we would be like, oh, blast these adults. <laughs> you know? And it was only like, only other little girls thought I was funny. And we, and like, boys would be like, you guys are weird. And adults would be like, ah, shut up. And so, anyway, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I guess I don't know. I just I guess I'm just drawn towards comedy. It's just I'll you know I'll watch a drama. I'll watch a drama. I like to mm -hmm. stay up with the with uh, what people are watching these days. But 
Oh, I just like the lols and the raffles, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what's your uh, what's your favorite comedy? I I guess either movie or TV show. Oh, I mean, I would say I don't know. This is I sometimes I get roasted for this, but. I love South Park still to this day. And a lot of people are like, you, who still watches that show? But it is still hilarious. Bro, I still watch that show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that show, it's great. Like, it, it's only, it's only, it's aged like fine wine. Do you have any advice for people who want to get into comedy or do something creative? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I love taking classes, but I know that's not for everyone, but man, classes are great because of that deadline that they give you. And that's how I met um, Jessica, who brought me onto Fembot. So, and that's how I met basically almost all of my comedy partners. Not all of them, but, you know, it started with a class. So who knows if classes are the future of comedy in L.A. It doesn't have to be, probably, but I do recommend them. I really do. And you just, it's like I said, like everyone else is doing it. Don't just get discouraged um, if you love it. And because you're just going to like, I don't know, there are a lot of funny people. And just sometimes it's not enough to be just like, the funny person in your office or the funny person on the chat. You gotta go out there and get on that stage, you know? And it feels good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, were you uh, the funny person in the Peace Corps? There were a couple funny people in the Peace Corps. <laughs> there was, I wouldn't say I was the funniest. There was one guy not going to name any names, but he was very, very funny. And when I told him I was moving to LA, he was like, it was like the most serious he ever was. He's like, you can't, we're not in our twenties anymore. You can't just, you know, move up to, to LA without a plan. And I was like, oh <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So you can be the funniest in the Peace Corps, but if you're not willing to move to L.A. without a plan, <laughs> only one of you guys is doing comedy now. Exactly. That's and, very true. And wow. now what kind of, I mean, is he satisfied just being the funniest guy in his office? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't asked him. But next time I see him, I will ask him. <laughs> <laughs> he must be satisfied enough if that's still where he's at. Unless he's secretly been taking improv classes wherever he is and uh, has been doing secret improv. <laughs> he might be. <laughs> oh, the shame. <laughs> he might be. <laughs> secret improv. Julia, it was such a pleasure to have you on today uh, and talk to you about all of this stuff. You're so naturally funny and just a real clown. A real clown. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. You're a great host and uh, just, you know, so great to talk about comedy and dreams and whatnot. <laughs> 
everything you say makes me laugh. Dude, I feel like I have not stopped smiling this whole interview. You, you're hilarious, dude. You're just like a hilarious person to talk to. Yeah, truly. You're like oh, everyone's favorite. You. Oh, please, please, please. Uh. We're, we're just giving you that sweet validation you need to uh, forward. I just want you to know it's just really hot in here, though. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> really, so. Oh, my goodness. Thank you again so much to Julia for being on the podcast. It was so great to have her here. Yes, it was. And you can catch uh, Julia on Trash Talking with Lexi Liu coming up in July. And also, uh, as always, check out the Femme.phd's YouTube page to see all of Julia's amazing work there uh, from our time together. And if you liked what you heard and you want to support us, you want to support our podcast and you want to support the network that we're on, we're just going to take a second here to talk to you about our Patreon. Uh, Yes, we are the Period Podcast Network. We are a network made by she's and they's for everyone. And it's really cool. We're all working together. And the concept behind our network is that everybody, every single podcast that's on the network, we all kind of get paid the same. We are all working together to build up uh, build up each podcast like high tides, raise all ships, uh, but we need your support in order to do that. <laughs> Kate, tell us a little bit about some of the podcasts that you can see on the Period Podcast Network. Oh my gosh, just so many great podcasts, starting with Tinseltown Tea, which is a movie review and Hollywood gossip podcast. There's Comadres y Comics, which is a podcast that highlights the Latinx community in comic book culture. There's Yes, a Stripper, a podcast about strippers and sex workers and interviews with people in those industries and their allies. There's Girl Boner, which is a health and sexuality and empowerment podcast. Elaine's Cooking for the Soul, which is a post-apocalyptic cooking podcast hosted in a dentist's office. Yes, it's very exciting. And we have a Patreon. Uh, We'd love uh, to see your support if we could. Uh, Because, you know, the best way to support is not only just to listen and to appreciate and share, but also, you know, share some of the dollar dollar if you got it. And our price is not high. For $5 a month, you can get get an exclusive zine that is created by all of the uh, all of the participants on the network, uh, we're creating some really cool artwork, some articles, some poetry. It's really really neat. And then at ten dollars a month, you can uh, you'll get exclusive bonus content from each of the uh, each of the podcasts. Uh, it's very exciting. There's also a bigger option for like a group Zoom that's like twenty dollars, and we highly suggest that because we're all very fun people. So check it out if you support. Uh, marginalized voices in podcasting. If you feel like there should be more of them, you should guilt, guilt, guilt. Uh, check out all of the podcasts on the network. You can go to periodpodcastnetwork.com. Uh, you can also find a link to our Patreon there. Thank you so much uh, for joining us again. And if you can, please support the network and support as much as you can women in podcasting and women in, in comedy and women in all things. The Comedy Girl Crush Podcast.